Hello, and welcome to Joyful Heart, a podcast for Christian women who are trying to balance a relationship with God, as well as school, work, and other things life likes to throw our way. In these episodes, religious topics such as growing closer to God, maturing in our faith, as well as general ones like college difficulties and navigating new experiences in life will be covered. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, so we are back with another episode of Joyful Heart today, and in this episode, I'll be getting into the do's and don'ts of obedience to God. Obedience is one of the most vital parts of our relationship with God. If you aren't willing to follow God and go where He calls you, you are limiting your relationship with Him, possibly unintentionally. It also shows a lack of faith in Him and His plans slash will for our life when we choose to be disobedient to God, disrespect him, or just don't even listen to him. I think obedience can be difficult as it goes against everything the world teaches us to do. Obedience calls us to stop and let go of control of our life, to step to the back burner and say, God, I want your will for my life and I'll follow you everywhere you call me. Obedience to God is choosing to deny yourself and deny that the plans you have for your own life are selfish and will get you nowhere. And realizing that God's plans for your life will elevate you, they will motivate you, they will mature you, and they will grow you each and every step of the way. Instead, our walk with God would be easy, but it will always be worth it. I myself struggle with obedience as I tend to overthink everything. I also show my lack of faith by asking God for extra signs When I already know, he has already given me this answer. My overthinking limits my relationship with God because I'm asking for extra signs and for him to prove that this answer is true. When I should take his answer and start going on the path he has called for me, not delaying it by asking for extra signs. Something difficult with obedience for us humans is that we can't see or know the future like God does. He knows the past, present, and the future. It's all in his grand plans. We might not see the results of listening to him immediately. It might take a few years for all the dots to start to connect together. We might not ever see the end result because sometimes we're only meant to start something and allow God to take care of the rest of it. The definition of being obedient is to be submissive to the restraint or command of authority, being willing to obey. When you finally start being obedient to God, it's showing that you will get nowhere without him, that you are dependent on his will, on his grace, and on his mercy for your life. We can't go through life trying to be independent and still have a relationship with God. It's going to clash at one point or the other. You need to let go of your desires for this world, let go of your wants that are worldly, and submit fully to God's plans with your full heart intentionally. So now I'm going to start with the things not to do, the things that are disobedient and that will only end up hurting you in the end. And to make things easier to explain, because I feel like giving examples can help to kind of visualize it more, I'm going to use examples of characters or people in the Bible. So the first example of what not to do is from the Israelites. And I think of this as being the spiritually empty, and the cycles of sin. So, 
After finally entering the promised land, the continuing generations of the Israelites still chose to disobey God, even after he brought them to the land that he promised. And after he brought them to the place that they had been waiting for, they still chose to praise other gods, turn to other gods, and disobey the one true God. They started to enter this cycle of sin where they would sin. They would face the consequences of their sins, and then they would cry out for the Lord's help to deliver them from their enemies. We see in verses like Judges 3.8, where it mentions that God's anger burned against them and he sold them to their enemies. They were given to their enemies because God was angry with their constant sin and disobedience. God was angry because the Israelites were abusing his grace and his forgiveness. They only had motivation when it benefited them. It can feel overwhelming when you're dealing with your sin, but recognize that Jesus can break those cycles of sin. He is willing to help you and strengthen you to do the impossible. But we must remain faithful and trust in him. It's funny, as I was reading through books like Judges and Numbers, I would find myself getting so frustrated with the Israelites and their constant sin and how they would sin, be faced with the consequences of their sin, and then they would cry out for help, and then they'd fall back into it. And I got so annoyed. But then God placed it on my heart. Like, that's us. That's how God constantly feels with each and every one of us. We as humans are, in a way, set up for failure. We are set up to sin. We are set up to fall short of God's glory each and every single time. So I have to realize that like the Israelites are kind of like an example of us and how we fall into cycles of sin. But now we know we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior who can sanctify us of our sins, break these cycles, and allow us to have freedom from our sin, which is something we could never do ever on our own. And we have to submit to his will and stop put setting ourselves up for failure by trying to do things on our own. The next character I want to talk about is Lot's wife. And I see this as the don't of don't test God. At the time, Lot, his wife, and his daughters were living in a city filled with sin. And God was sending angels to destroy that city because it was so vile and so evil. All four were given a chance to escape before the wrath came upon the city. The only thing that they were told to do is run and don't look back. For some reason, whether it be doubt or curiosity, Lot's wife decided to turn around and look back. And in that moment, disobeyed God's command for them. Thus, she was turned into a pillar of salt. From the story, we can see why we are to never test God. He is a loving, just, and awesome God, but he is still to be feared and respected. Something I thought of um, when I was going through Lot's story, and more recently I thought of it, was that in a way, Lot's wife and her looking back is kind of like a parallel to us and our old selves. So when we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we arise as a new person, a new creation, a new chance at life, you know, and something I saw as a connection with Lot's wife is that we aren't as new Christians, as new people in a way, we aren't to turn back and look at our old life. We aren't 
to look back and wonder and look back on our past sins. We have to keep pushing forward. We can't dwell on the past. We can't reminisce of the past, of our past sins. We are to turn completely around, face God, and follow him where he calls us. And the third character is Samson. And I think of this don't as don't ignore God's word and commands for our life. So during the time, Samson, where he went wrong is that he disobeyed God, Mosaic law, and his parents when he decided to marry a Philistine woman. Despite the Mosaic law that was forbidding the marriage, he demanded the woman. And to no one's surprise, the marriage was not a happy one. It was not a good one, is feeling. It was filled with the wife's nagging and Samson's constant disobedience, thus leading to the marriage failure. Later, as he continues to disobey God's word and do things he's not supposed to, he later meets a woman named Delilah who had selfish and evil intentions for him from the very start of their relationship. Um, I think something to note from this as well is sometimes we are so wrapped up in selfish thoughts that we don't realize we're entering into a new friendship, a new relationship with just so much sin filled that we shouldn't be surprised when it fails. It's better to wait on the Lord before entering into a new relationship or friendship to when you are more mature, when you're more ready for it, and when you have God as your number one priority. God should be the center of every friendship and relationship, no matter what type. He should be at the center if you want it to be successful. Now, if you remember from the Bible, Samson was a very strong man, and his enemies couldn't figure out where his power came from because they wanted to find that out so that they could overpower him and kill him essentially they wanted to rid him they wanted to get rid of his power and so they gave Delilah or they promised Delilah a reward if she would tell them so like his first wife she would nag him accuse him of not loving her and beg to know where his strength came from he eventually gave in to her nagging and told her that his strength came from his long hair that he had never cut but more important to realize is that his power did not solely come from his hair. His long hair was a symbol of God's power within him. And once it was cut by Delilah when he was sleeping, God had left him due to his constant disobedience towards the Lord. Once the Lord left him, his power was gone and his enemies were able to overpower him and essentially bring him to his downfall. Something important to note from the story is that you can't be filled with pride and be self-centered and obey God. You can't do both. Eventually, your pride and your self-centered emotions and behavior will pull you away from God. As I said before, it's very difficult, but you need to try to continue to deny yourself. Let go of your prideful thoughts and humble yourself before God. He is in control of your life. He is the reason for your successes. He should be given the glory, not yourself. Now that we've covered some examples of what not to do and things that are disobedient, I want to switch over to things that you should do and things that are seen as obedient and characters in the Bible who had great obedience to the Lord. 
The first character that I want to talk about who was obedient is Samuel. I see him as a willing servant for God. Although at the time he was described to be a young priest in training, God chose to speak to him and use him. When God first called out to him verbally for the first time, he immediately got up and responded with, Here I am. When he finally realized that it was the voice of God, he stated that he was God's servant, showing his obedience to God's word. It was stated that despite his fears, his motivation was to obey God. Thus, he is able to overcome those fears and tell the truth about the word of God. Whenever or however God chooses to speak to us, we are to immediately respond and be willing to listen to God and to trust in him. We are just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to be scared. It doesn't mean you won't have anxiety or great fears or paranoia about certain things. But with God, we can overcome those things so that we can continue on his mission for our life and continue on the path he has set out for us. We need to listen to God and submit to his will. Another thing I thought of is that when Samuel was laying down, he mistook God's voice for Eli. And that got me thinking that, you know, because I've never, I don't think I've ever verbally heard the Lord speak to me. And I always assumed that his voice would be this loud, booming, like kind of almost in a way scary voice. But seeing as Samuel mistook that for Eli, it, it shows that God's voice is very silent and quiet. And you really have to be willing to listen and willing to hear him. We have to get rid of our worldly distractions so that we can hear God's soft voice, so that we can hear his whispers and what he has to say to us. We have to make sure that our ears are open to him and our hearts are open to understand and to submit to his will. The next character that I want to talk about is Ruth. And I would describe this as a do be committed to the Lord. Despite the many losses that Ruth had faced, such as the loss of her husband, her brother-in-law, and her father-in-law. She remained loyal. She and her sister-in-law at the time were given the chance to return to their own people and their own gods following the deaths of their husband by their mother-in-law, Naomi. But she refused to leave and stated that she would follow God, whom her mother-in-law, Naomi, had followed. Ruth chose to accept the uncertainty of life ahead by remaining loyal to God and where he placed her to be. She had no idea what God had in store for her or her future generations that would come from her, such as David and the Messiah. Had she been disobedient and ignored God, she would have lost out on all those blessings. For me, I think of it in my own life when sometimes I question, why am I here? Why did God bring me to this place? Why did God bring me to this location? And sometimes it'll take a while before everything clicks. Or in Ruth's case, it'll take future generations before everything clicks together. The best thing we can do is to trust fully in God that he's bringing you to a place for a reason. Whether it is something that will come about immediately or something that future generations will later enjoy. And it's very hard because again, we can't see the future. We don't know God's timing. We have to simply just 
sit and wait for God to speak to us. We have to learn to push aside our own sinful wants and wishes and turn to God and want what he wants and want to bring glory to his name and want to spread the gospel. And sometimes we just are in these seasons of waiting, seasons of waiting for God to speak to us, seasons of waiting for God to move things or to answer prayers. But in that time, I think it's often the most important to remain obedient, trust in the Lord, and remain faithful to him. To not let ourselves wander away or be pushed away or be swayed to remain solid on our foundation that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. character that I want to talk about for what to do and trying to be more obedient is Noah and having, in a way, that blind obedience. And I'll get a little more into it later by what I mean by blind. So at the time, there was lots of evil and sin in the world to the point where God had regretted even creating mankind. He was planning on wiping all the evil from the earth, but Noah had found favor with him. And alongside his family and two of every creature was to be saved from the flood to come. In Genesis 7.10, it states, It came about after the seven days that the water of the flood came upon the earth. Something important to note is the flood began about a week after Noah and his family entered the ark. At that time when they entered, they didn't know when the flood would come, but they chose to be obedient and trusting God would follow through with his word. Had they waited to think or were, if they had overthought or were just lazy or just were doubtful, their lives may have been lost. We are to be fully obedient to God in his will and plans for our life. It's more important to please God than man because we can never please both. And I wanted to get into what I was talking about with having blind obedience and blind faith. Because oftentimes people tell you, oh, don't go into that situation like blindly or don't, you know, think things through. But when you submit to the will and ways of God, you kind of have to go into these situations without thinking every little detail through because it's not, it's not our plan. It's not our will. God has thought through all the details. God has the timing down perfectly. We are just to enter into the situation, trust in God. Don't let the outside opinions affect us. Don't let worldly opinions affect us just simply trust in God and think about it we kind of do it every day the next day is never promised we often set our alarms we set things in the calendar that we don't know if it's gonna come about but we are faithful that it will we are trusting that it will and it's something we do every single time I mean we don't nothing is ever promised but We often hope and long for it and we believe that it will come about. We are to do the same with our Lord. We are to trust in him. We are to have faith and we are to believe in him. Um, And it takes a lot of maturity to do that. It takes a lot of faith to do that. But it is so important. So as kind of like an overview, some things not to do is to not be spiritually empty and continue to follow in cycles of sin. Know that Jesus can sanctify you of your sins. He can pull out the roots of sin within us and change our life. 
Another thing not to do is don't test God. Don't think that God won't humble you right where you stand. Don't think that God won't remember that. And definitely don't ignore God's word. He stated it for a reason. If he wanted to say it another way, he would have, but he didn't. So really just step back. And when you find yourself being disobedient, pray to God and ask him to reveal the places in your heart or in your life that are keeping you from being fully obedient. Ask God to reveal to you the things that are distracting you, pulling you away from him, or just that are stopping your walk with him, that are being big blockers and distractors and things that need to be removed so that you can be fully obedient to him. Also, give yourself some time. It's it's going to take time because you really got to practice it. You've got to be in your word. You've got to be speaking to God and you've got to have Jesus in your heart. But trust that they can change you. Trust that the Lord is with you. Trust that the Lord has got you and that he loves you. What you're striving to do is to be a willing servant to God. You don't have to come forward with these fancy words. I mean, the words that Samuel and Moses and Abraham and Noah used is, here I am. I am here for you, God. I am willing to listen. I am willing to understand. Be willing for the Lord. Also remain committed to the Lord. Sometimes his actions take time. Sometimes his plans take time. Remain committed to the Lord because those seasons of waitings can be the most important in your walk with God. And also be blindly obedient and faithful to the Lord. Trust in him even when you can't see the results immediately. And trust that sometimes you may never see the results. But know that if God has a plan, you're to trust him and believe in him and not try to go off on your own. Because it's stated so many times, when you disobey God, there will be consequences. But when you obey God and you trust in him, you can receive so many blessings. God is willing and waiting to bless us with an abundance of blessings. But if we give up or disobey him, we're blocking our own blessings in the end. I really hope and pray that this topic of do's and don'ts of obedience can be helpful for you guys. And just know, like I said, it's going to take some time. So maybe dig into the word, find scripture and stories that relate to you. Let your friends know what you're going through so they can hold you accountable. Ask God to reveal to you the things that are blocking you from him, the things that are distracting you so that you can cut them out of your life so that you can fully focus on the Lord. And I hope you all have a blessed week. Well, that concludes this week's episode of Joyful Heart. Feel free to reach out with prayer requests, praise reports, requests for topics, or general questions on either Instagram or the Facebook group. These can be sent to Joyful Heart. That's J-O-Y-F-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-T-T on Instagram, as well as for the private Facebook group. I hope you all have a blessed day, and I'll catch you next week. Bye, guys!